Oh, that's cool. And it's uh, for me. Oh, for you? Yeah. It's like a, a heart, like an actual heart with a candle wax dripping off of it or something. Ooh. I can't remember. Because you melt this. his heart. Alrighty, I'm gonna tell you a neighborhood. First off, we have two shout outs. Oh yes. Um first of all, um this story (laughs) 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 segue. Um so this whole exorcism story, I have to thank Up North Computers for me being able to do this story because um, they gave you the permission. They gave me permission. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up North Computers in North Pole, which they are also opening another branch in Fairbanks. They're oh, amazing, nice. reasonably priced. Um, but while I was doing the story, I spilled coffee all on my, well, my toddler spilled coffee all on my computer, but I'm going to take the blame. Because, you know, I'm the grown-up, so I kind of have to. You knew better, Marie. I knew better. I shouldn't have had it near it. Um, But coffee got all in it, and I turned my computer off because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. If you spill liquid in it, you're supposed to turn it off so it won't fry. And I have a Mac, so anytime you, like, turn it off and then you open it, because I was trying to open it to let it, like, dry out, it automatically turns back on. that is so annoying. Yeah, so... I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? And then it started, like, flickering, and I'm just freaking out, and I'm like, I'm going to have to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for this. I just got this. It's not even six months old yet, and my husband's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly that. Mostly that. (laughs) Um, But I called up North Computers. They said, bring it in right away. We can evaluate it for free, and uh, we'll let you know how much it's going to cost. And – it was what, like not even half of what Apple was going to charge me to mail it to them. Oh, wow. So um, they're amazing. They did it really quick. The guy was super nice. I can't remember his name. Was it Steven? Was it Andy? I don't know. But he was Steve amazing. Steven and Andy are pretty hard. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they were great. Thank you, guys. You saved the show. Yay. Um, also, uh another shout out evergreen tattoo in fairbanks um i i've gotten my piercing done there and i i they're great people there i went there and i asked them if they'd be interested in kind of collabing with us yeah uh collaborating with us and so they wanted to do why can't i not talk Alice got her ears pierced there. Oh, she did? Okay. Uh, So, yeah, I asked them if they'd be interested in collaborating with us and they're going to support the show. And so I just wanted to give them a shout out and talk about how awesome they are. They're great. They're quick. They're not super bad priced. And they didn't screw up my piercing. So, and apparently they didn't screw up Alice's. So, yeah. And they do kit, which is a big thing for, um, a lot of people is not taking them to like Claire's or something yeah, like that for actual... piercings. And they're the only one in town that will do kits. Oh, okay. Awesome. So Evergreen Tattoo, everybody. Yeah. In Fairbanks. Yay. Yay. All right. Let's talk about a neighborhood story. That was a jumbly jumble stuff. Do you have one ready? I do. I'm, I really wanted to have mine. Okay. That's good because that's what we're here for, Bree. Yeah. Okay. 
Dear neighbors, someone in this building loves Christmas music. If that person could please remember that not everyone has the same bizarre taste in music and that people around them can hear it very clearly and do not appreciate being forced to listen to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas (laughs) and every other song at 7 a.m. in March (laughs) or any other time of the day. Thank you. Merry Xmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Oh. I know that's not, I know this isn't a Christmas one, but I saw that <laughs> I know, this weekend. I was like, what the heck? It's like, but it's March. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. My I, sister would be that person. Love you, Ashley. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, de- directly targeted to the Shoppers Mall here in oh. Paul. They play music, or Christmas music year round. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, my God. That sucks. <laughs> well, we're in North Pole, so. We are in North Pole, so it is fitting. Yep. And, like, our Safeway still has Christmas trees up. And yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah, they keep theirs year round. It's really cute. Don't they? That's new. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that they do that. Yeah. It makes it very festive. festive. They should keep up the lights, too. Yeah. They yeah. won't. They'll take We've got candy cane light poles and stuff. Year round. Yep. Yeah. Come on to North Pole, Alaska. We got it all. And say hey to what's with the neighbors. Can I tell my story first? Yes, you can. I will tell you that Leon keeps farting. (laughs) Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Because he was sitting next to Rick and I. It's for those eggs you let him have. (laughs) Oh, probably. Because he was next to us on the couch. I'm like, Rick, stop. Like, seriously, your farts stink. And he's like, I'm not farting. And I was like, I'm not farting. (laughs) Leon. (laughs) Oh, Leon. (laughs) Like, every once in a while, you'll get a a whiff and you're like, oh, my God. Got his butts near you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you a story about, oh, crap. I forgot to look this up. Um, Tamara Samson. Tamara Samsonova. Tamara Samsonova. Tamara Samsonova. Oh, I was having a hard time pronouncing it, but I wrote it out for myself and didn't realize Samsonova. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself sometimes. <laughs> It's good. So she was born on February 5th, 1947 in Azur, Azur, Russia. Uh, And I will say I searched for her childhood, like what type of childhood she had, and there wasn't really anything. But she did graduate high school and moved to Moscow to attend Moscow State Logistics University, obviously specializing in foreign languages. Uh, she moved to St. Petersburg in Russia, where she married Alexia, uh, Alexei Sam- Sam- Samsonova. Uh, and in 1971, in 1971, together they moved into a home on Dim- Dimitrov Street in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh she worked at a travel agency in the Grand Hotel Europe, and she ended up working in the traveling um, industry, a collective of 16 years, while her husband worked at a car repair plant. In 2000, St. Saint, Saint Petersburg got a missing persons report. 
and it happened to be for Tamara's husband, Alexi. Alexi. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but. That sounds right for Russian. Yeah. Uh, they were married for 29 years. Oh, my gosh. And he turned up missing in 2000. Um, she was pretty distraught, at, you know, at first and told the police her husband may have run off with another woman. But she couldn't, like, give them any solid it's evidence pretty, on that. Pretty quick to yeah. come up with that idea. Yeah. So, with no leads on the investigation of her husband's disappearance in the summer of 2001, Tamara brought brought in a roommate to fill the empty room she had for in her apartment. His name was Vladimir and they became good friends uh, and definitely they were more than just friends. They had like a relationship going on but they eventually had a falling out at the end of 2001 and he moved away. Uh, two years later in 2003 Sergei Potanin moved in as a long-term roommate. He's like, I want to be here for a long time. She's like, great. I need a long-term roommate. So he stayed there for not quite long. He was in his early 40s and they seemed to manage to get along. But, or they didn't seem to get along. I'm sorry. They didn't seem to get along very often. But they were like just enough for them to be roommates. Um, they did have a lot of differences and argued quite a bit. Label your shit. I know. Come on. Label all your yeah. stuff. That's how you got to do with roommates you don't get along with. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he claimed that Tamara was too strict and she would lash out him, lash out at him for the smallest things. Sounds like a, a boyfriend. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, her neighbors claimed that she would swear at them in the hallway and she would bang on the radiators to disturb everyone. She was just like. Dang, dang, wow, dang, dang. what a bitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, her long-term roommate that I said was not there for very long did not end up being there long being long-term because uh he up and disappeared after an argument that they had and since he didn't have anyone in town uh for him to live with, everyone just assumed that he moved back to his hometown. Yep, go ahead and assume. Yeah. It was not even like a whole summer that he he was there. It was not very long. Um, after that, she continued to try to keep roommates, but with little success, they were uh, usually men of younger age. She was just like a terrible person to live with. She sounds awful. She sounds awful, yeah. Um, the And the people, you know, that would move in, they would like try to make it work. And be like, just... oh no, I can do this. I can handle her. Yeah, nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, so they would move out pretty fast. So she had a high turnover She's rate. She's going to have roommates. to pay people to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2015, her apartment was in serious need of renovations. Uh, so with a help from a mutual friend, she was put in contact with um, a gal named Valentina Nikolavina Yulavnova. Mouthful, yeah. So <laughs> Valentina was 79 years old. Oh, wow, at the time, and she agreed to host Tamara while the renovations were being done at her apartment. Like, that's super nice of her, right? Yeah, especially since Tamara's a bee. Yeah, in exchange, <laughs> Tamara would do chores around the house. All right, that's fair. Mm-hmm. She sounds like she's probably tidy, yeah. And, and I mean, 
the lady was 79 years old. Yeah. She's like, you can mop the floors. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. After a few months of staying at Valentina's apartment, she decided she really wanted to... Oh, she decided she really didn't want to move back home. She's like, nah, not for me. I want to stay here forever. So Valentina was Who wouldn't? Like, <laughs> Valentina's like, hey, so your place is done. You uh, can go now. When, when are you going to move back home? And Tamara was like, hey, I don't want to. <laughs> Living with your parents. <laughs> Valentina uh, was like annoyed by this. And they started arguing daily after that. Which I don't know why she wouldn't just be like, all right, just kick her out. Leave, so just kick her out. Yeah. Um. Eventually, Valentina was like, "All right, you have no choice but to leave. Like, go, leave my house, bro." So Tim was like, "Okay, okay, okay. Just like give me a couple days." And Valentina's like, "Okay, fine." So I do have to have a little side note, real quick. Tamara possibly suffered from schizophrenia, and she said when she moved in with uh, Valentina, the voices quieted down. She, like, had a lot of voices in her head. Oh, so it was kind of, like, soothing? When she lived with Valentina, or when she moved in with her, she's like, the the voices quieted down quite a bit. So that's why she didn't want to leave. That's so weird. I know. It's... (sighs) So, I mean, I get it, but... Yeah. Like... It's not Valentina's problem. Yeah. So, on July, and also she probably didn't even tell her. And she probably should go find help and not just live with certain live people. With <laughs> yeah, because it's 2015. It's not yeah. like it was like. Go get medicated. Yeah. On July 24th, 2015, Tamara went to the pharmacy in Pushkin. She convinced the pharmacist to sell her medication over the counter pills for schizophrenia. Okay. Maybe she's getting her yeah. help. Maybe she's getting yeah, her Yeah, that's all right. Uh, but if you abuse the medication. Yeah, that's, you, that's that's not, it's kind of can make it worse. Yeah, but if you abuse it, it actually works as a muscle relaxant. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you take too much or I'm assuming if you don't need it, I'm not sure. Yeah. I know it's if, definitely if you take too much. Yeah. I mean, selling, I don't know how she, she didn't have a prescription. Like the, she had to have. Uh, the pharmacist how to sell it to her. Kind of like under the table. Yeah. So she headed home. Under the counter. Under the (laughs) (laughs) counter. Not over the counter. (laughs) Not over. (laughs) She headed home and told Valentina she had her favorite meal, which was uh, olivier salad, which is basically like Russian potato salad. Olivier salad? Olivier. (laughs) I want (laughs) your salad? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no i want all of your salad <laughs> i love i can't believe she gave her all of her salad Valentina's <laughs> the best host <laughs> oh my gosh okay so in the salad that she prepared for her was 50 crushed up pills the Ooh. pharmacist sold to Tamara. Boom. She then went off to bed. Wait, 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 wait. Who prepared it? Tamara. She oh. Pre- oh, sorry. She, yeah, she prepared the salad for Valentina. Valentina. Okay, because okay. Because it was her favorite salad. <gasps> and she oh. put 50 crushed up pills in it. Oh, 
no, this is not good. This is, yeah, this is happening. Sorry. Then she's like, good night. <laughs> Sleep well. <laughs> Sleep well. <laughs> so at 2 a.m., she woke up and found Valentina unconscious on the floor. So she's like, this is a great opportunity to just start hacking your body away. <gasps> she uh, used a hacksaw and removed Valentina's limbs, cut her torso in half, and then with two chicken knives, chicken knives, <laughs> with two kitchen knives. Oh, it's like, where are we going? Chicken wire or kitchen knives? I don't know. <laughs> with two kitchen knives, she separated all of those parts into smaller bits. Oh, wow. That probably took forever. I with mean, a kitchen knife, too. Yeah. But it is Russia, so maybe they had, like, super sharp ones. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, it was thought that Valentina was actually still alive (gasps) at this time. No. But, I mean. She probably didn't feel a lot of it. Well, one, she was unconscious. Yeah. So she probably didn't. But if she wasn't unconscious, if she, like, came to, she probably passed out from the pain. Oh, my gosh. So CCTV. I liked her. I know. She was a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CCTV footage uh, showed Tamara going back and forth from the apartment carrying bags. It showed her going down the stairs and out out of sight with um, like out of sight of the cameras multiple times to possibly dispose of the body. And the final trip she took, she disposed a saucer pan with a lid on it, mm. which had Valentina's head in it. Ah! Oh. So. Ah! Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, a few days later, a couple walking their dog by a pond, um, oh no, had a dog, like, it, the dog started freaking out, and they're like, all right, let's follow. So we, they follow the dog, and they it takes it them to the bank of the pond by some bushes, and they found a um, shower curtain like covering stuff. So they undo the shower curtain and find all of Valentina. Why would you leave it out? Like if you have a pond right there, you know she should have buried. No, because body parts float. Yeah, but I mean maybe the fish or something would have ate it. I don't know. I don't know. But so they found gators. Those in Russia? <laughs> Probably not in Russia, but I'm just saying. If there was a pond near gators, don't throw it near the pond. Throw it in. Actually, it probably would have gotten eaten regardless. Yeah. But so they they found human remains, limbs, and torso piece. Ugh. Um, the police searched the that area. It suck to be the person who found that. You cannot get that out no. of your head. No. Like, no. Like, ugh. I can't. I can't imagine. Um, the police searched the area and asked the red- residents living around the pond if there were anyone miss if there was anyone missing recently, or if they saw anything suspicious. They did this because there was no head or fingerprints, so they couldn't identify the body. Uh, with other residents confirming that Valentina had not been seen recently, and her roommate was doing some cleaning out late at night, they decided to check out the apartment. And Tamara was like, hello. Oh, come on in. It's like, Tamara home? Yeah. Sh- Tamara was like super nice, 
very like well mannered with the police. Um, while searching the home, they found blood splattered on the walls, evidence of the shower curtain being torn off and um, off the rings, and there was blood on the floor. So they're like, what happened? And so she's like, I slipped. <laughs> <laughs> I slipped and, and fell all the way into the kitchen. <laughs> blood everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, she said, all right. Well, Valentina insulted me, so I had to end her life. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, yeah. It's fair. I mean, I'm sure that's legal. Yeah. It's understandable. That's it's, she eye for an eye. She insulted you. Yeah. Just like, just like last week's story. Yeah. Where, you know, you're introduced wrong. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It is over. You're done. So she was obviously arrested. Um, and when questioned, she was well-mannered and answered all the questions presented to her. She even expressed she was relieved that the drama with her roommate was over. Which... <laughs> I'm just so glad it's over. I just have to go to jail now. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. At least I don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> I've been watching um, Inventing Anna too much. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, you need to watch it. Oh. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for you. Is it is that the chick who's on Ozark who says that? Mm-hmm. I need to watch that. Yeah, you do. All right. Uh, when reporters would photograph her, she would blow them a kiss. So she's just really putting it out there for everyone. She is, like, all about it. And at the end of her first hearing, the judge said, I am asking, I am asked to arrest you. What do you, what do you think? And she said, you decide, Your Honor. After all, I'm guilty and I deserve a punishment. Not wrong. Not wrong. Maybe be a little bit more humble. Yeah. but Feel bad. <laughs> I know. Have some remorse. <laughs> Just kill the lady who, like, let you live with her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the judge ordered Tamara to be held in custody during the investigation. And this lady literally smiled and burst into applause afterwards. She's like, yay, me. I win. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. I'm almost done. Sorry. You're fine. I know that song. Uh, she it's good. Made, <laughs> it's so good. She made the investigation pretty easy, though. Uh, the police took her back to the apartment, and she reenacted the ru- the murder of her roommate. She told them that she I had... can't even imagine her, like, reenacting it. Uh, yeah, they she probably put like full drama into it. Oh, probably because they used like a orange, like a dummy, <sighs> as the body. <laughs> and this is her eating her potato salad. <laughs> oh gosh! And this is her passing out. <laughs> this is when I came in to find her, <laughs> and I just dropped the body, just like this. Oh <laughs> nope, just like nope, not like that. Nope, wrong knife. Sorry. Wrong Can knife. I the other one. They're like, ma'am, you cannot the have kitchen, any knives. The kitchen, that kitchen knife that has a scratch on it. Like, no, ma'am, you cannot have any weapons <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so she told the police that she had to leave the legs and hips behind in the backyard because they were too heavy to carry for her on her own. Fair. Not fair, but I get it. Yeah. And I don't get it. I, I will tell you this the saucer pan, she. Did yeah, not... what happened to the head and the fingers? I'll tell you. Um, the head 
was not carried in a saucer pan because she for you know ran out of bags it was because she boiled it down so that you could not identify ah, the face ew ew the smell ah uh, uh, <laughs> gross oh my god that's yeah. so gross can you imagine like I mean, you know when you... They live burn... in an apartment, right? You know how you can smell other people's cooking? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ew. Well, you know the smell of, like, burnt hair or burnt flesh? Uh, <laughs> I wonder if she used oil to, like, make it so it Hide wouldn't it. burn. Yeah, I hope so. Ew, <laughs> Ew deep fried head. <laughs> Why are we laughing? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> okay. Anyways, <laughs> we'll ask Dahmer next time. Like, did you ever try to cry? <laughs> next time. Never... Next next time. He's dead. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways. <laughs> Pass the head. So during the search warrant, the police found a diary that she had written in German, English, and in Russian. What? Wow. Oh, yeah, because she was... That's right. She spoke different languages. Got it. Well, and she's uh, supposedly had schizophrenia, so maybe it was like yeah, different, different parts of her. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Then I remembered about the. She makes me know. think of that movie Split. Oh, that's such a good movie. It is. It had her daily chores and eating habits in it, along with confessions to other murders that have happened over the past decades. So. Maybe next time don't confess to murders in your diary. I don't know. Right? Yeah. So it also documented her dabble in black magic. Oh. So. Maybe uh, that was boiling the head. That That's what some people speculate. Yeah. Was it was like a ritual. Yeah. Um, and she had a curse book. Oh. That she would do curses out of. So. I didn't look too much into that because the story was already super yeah. long. But um, that was something that someone said. <clears throat> so the demons inside Tamara's head, Tamara's head may or may not have, it wasn't proven, but she they may or may not have told her to eat some of the body parts of her victims. Uh, <laughs> there's face. the fingers. <laughs> there's the fingers. Lady fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ugh. she like they had to like have physical evidence, but they didn't have any, so they're like, we can't prove that she did this. Yeah. It's not a crime. Not like you can test her poop. I mean, but if you're someone saying like, yeah, I ate them. I know. Ew. <laughs> um. So she would eat the lungs, legs, and supposedly the head. Oh, so she didn't eat the fingers. Where did the fingers go? Uh oh, for Tamara's. So she cooked those down too, like the head. Sorry, I don't know why I didn't put this in the story, but she she cooked them down to get rid of the the fingerprints. Right. Okay, makes and sense. And then she strategically put them, placed them throughout the district that she lived in, <gasps> for possibly for the cops to find. So they're gonna be found every now and then. Yeah. It's like, what's this? Oh, it's a, it's. It's I think this finger. is a finger. Yeah. Sorry, oh. I, I completely forgot about that part until just now. Yeah. Oh, it's like an Easter egg hunt. Ew. But fingers. <laughs> um. So back in 2003, 
a torso and limbs were found with pages ripped out from an occult occult yeah occult book on top of on top of the body uh which they were finally able to identify with the help of tamara's diary she had murdered one of her first roommates and cut up his body wow so that was one and in her diary she never actually confesses to murdering her husband back in 2000 but I think he just went on. I think he just went and left no, her for she, another woman. No. She, I'm just going to stick with that. Okay. Well, she hinted <laughs> at it. But she did murder him. Well, you know. I, she talks about murdering someone, but she never says who it was. And so they assumed because of the timeline and it was dated in 2000. She I mean. She killed him. <laughs> just trying to put a little light in this damn story. <laughs> She also confessed to murdering another tenant, Vladimir, not the Vladimir that she had a relationship with. Okay, okay. But uh, in the diary, she said, I killed my tenant, Vladimir, cut him to pieces in the bathroom with a knife, put the pieces of his body in plastic bags and threw them away in the different parts of of the forensic... Forensic? No. Franzinski oh. district. Oh, Franzinski. Okay district oh and her uh roommate that she did have a relationship with vlad that they had a fight and yeah uh he left uh the police did find him alive and well oh okay thankfully <laughs> lucky him <laughs> <laughs> but after an argument and breaking up with her he found himself in the hospital with <gasps> poisoning symptoms ah. so she did try to kill him mm. uh, so he's like gotta get away from this yeah fast um, one of Tamara's old classmates told the police that Tamara once bragged about killing her mother-in-law, as one would do, you know. Yeah. But the lady never came forward because she was scared of Tamara because Tamara had threatened to cut her up and feed her to the dogs if she said anything. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so between investigations and her confessions and her diary... Tamara was responsible for 11 murders. Jeez. However, the number could be as much as 21 because of the unsolved murders that matched her murder strategy. Oh, my gosh. And so she said, uh, I was getting ready for this court action when she first got arrested. She said, I was getting ready for this court action for dozens of years. It was all done deliberately, and there was no way to live. With this last murder, I closed this chapter. So Tamara is in a state high at today. She's in a high state, a state high security institution with advance with advice from psychiatrists. She was not fit for trial. So unfortunately, all those murders um, will never, as right now, will never be resolved. Um, and this is the last thing that she said, uh, I don't know. One of the last things that was recorded that she said so far, I have nowhere else to live. I'm a very old person and put the whole matter to rest deliberately. I have thought 77 times about it and then decided that I must be in prison. I will die there and the state will probably bury me. And that is a story uh, 77 times so specific. i know so so specific yeah. i uh, counted yeah <laughs> all right i thought about that one time all right i thought about it twice <laughs> 
So that's the story of Tamara. I forgot her last name. Samsonova. Samsonova. That is my new favorite that you've done so far. That was a good one. That was good. I found it the other day. I mean, she's awful, but that was terrible. Wow. I found it and then I had to finish it today because I wasn't feeling good yesterday. But I was having so much fun with it. <laughs> it's like, ooh. <laughs> I could have done like another easy five pages on her, but I was like, I got to cut this down because Bree's story is long. Friends, when was the last time you had your photos done professionally of your family, children, or pets? Red Photography is an expert in capturing special moments and turning them into lifelong memories. We use Red Photography for every special moment and won't go anywhere else. Red Photography also offers a photo booth for weddings, graduations, or any special event. We get nothing but compliments anytime anyone sees any of the prints that had done with her. She definitely has a talent that not many photographers can offer. And we've even had the opportunity of using her photo booth at a convention. And the photos were amazing. And she provides the props and everything for it. Check out Red Photography today at redphotographyak.com. That is R-E-D-P-H-O-T-O. G-R-A-P-H-Y-A-K dot com. All right. So, you ready for this? I am not. Well, I'm going to go anyway. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> when you did that last week. No. no. Okay, no. Um, so... As you guys know, I did part one of the uh, exorcism of Roland Edward uh, Hunkler. Roland Doe. Roland Doe, uh, based on the movie The Exorcist. So this is, as I told you guys, this is the diary of Father Bishop that I found online, whether if it's the actual thing or not. It said something about it being with new, the news or something, so I assume it's true. I don't know, because the well, news is always right. <laughs> right <laughs> uh and if you haven't listened if you don't know what we're talking about go... yeah go back to episode 25 yeah this is 26 right yeah okay listen to 25 real quick and then come back yes because this will ruin it okay so where we left off last week uh we left off with roland returning home after 10 days had passed through um going through the exorcism yeah um he was basically returning to normal life feeling like himself um the days went on sunday monday tuesday and wednesday uh everyone was sure that he was back to normal and they were rid of it so because you know the the it carved on him those X's and they assumed that the X's meant 10 days. So day 16, March 31st, uh, Roland complained of feeling sick and his, and his bed began shaking again. So with his fingers, he started like tracing something on his blanket. Like he was like writing out something. Okay. And he told his family that, in between these fits that he was having, he would see, like, he would see, like, writing. And it, there was a lot of it. But it's so hard to decipher some of the things in the diary because a lot of it's X'd out. Or, like, there's question marks where there should be words. And I I can decipher most of it. Do you think it was because it was... They're trying to keep it keep it confidential. Okay. Like, Roland's name, his name is not in there. It's all R or XXXXX. Because he was a child. 
Well, yeah, and they just wanted to keep it confidential. Right. Um, so one of the things that pointed out to me was, I will stay 10 days, but will return in four. So he so got he basically days. got four days of a break. Oh, that poor boy. So, which could signify why there was four X's drawn on him. Um, like I said, there was more written out, but... It was hard to decipher. So that was the most important that part. That is so weird that they would like leave. And Exit out. Well, it, it, no. Oh, that, it, yeah. And for it to uh, tell you. I think it likes to like get your hopes up and then tear you back down. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it is that like it likes to toy with yeah, you. Manipulate you. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of stories like this will show it like manipulating you. Like they'll give you some kind of hope and then like tear you down. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So, day 17, uh, Roland's parents thought it would be best to have him baptized a Catholic. Um, they were Lutheran, but and Lutheran and Catholic isn't that different to me. Right. Um, so, they decided to do that. And on the drive to church, uh, he started to get a strange sensation in his feet. And he began saying, so, you are going to baptize me. Ha ha. And you think you will drive me out with Holy Communion. Ha ha. So something was coming up. Something was coming out of him. So to prevent this, Roland knew it was happening. Roland immediately grabbed the steering wheel to pull over to the side to make sure nothing would happen. And he so pulled he up. Like he took control over what was going on. He's like, something's about to happen to me. So he wow. like pulled the steering wheel and went up to a curb. And he stiffened up and started fighting. Um, so then they removed him from the front seat because he was up front and they forced him to sit in the back. Side note, the radio would not operate the entire time this fit was going on, but it was just working right beforehand. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, so once they arrived, uh, they had to obviously carry him in, kicking and screaming yeah. and spitting. Three men had to take him in. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he's 14. Um, the baptism took a while with these fits. Father Bowdern had to ask three to four times, does thou renounce Satan, until Roland was finally able to answer, I do renounce him. Wow. Um, with a lot of fighting, repeating, and a lot of holy water, this kid was probably drenched. It was finally complete. <laughs> he should have just put it. He's like soaked. A bathtub <laughs> of holy water. That's what they, that's what they do with uh, Baptists. Baptism. Yeah. Uh, then proceeded with the usual fits until 1130 that night. Oh my. I know. Poor kid. That's a, and the parents. Sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's exhausted. Um, so day 18, the morning after the baptism, Roland woke up very uneasy. He started, he started it with throwing a pillow at the light and broke it. Same. What? First thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> Feel you, dude. Uh, he was scheduled to receive his first communion, um, like, so you get baptized and the next day, and then like after you get baptized and like you're officially Catholic, you have to go like take the body and oh, the, the, yeah, whole, okay. yeah, the blood. Yeah. Um, okay. So fathers Bishop and O'Flattery were called in to assist Father Bowdern in preparation for the communion. Okay. When Father Bowdern began prayers, Roland immediately went into a spell, keeping his eyes shut or his eyes and his mouth shut. Um, but he wasn't having to be held with force. So, I mean, but he was just like, because he didn't want to take it. Oh. 
well, not him. But yeah. so when Father Bowdern brought the Eucharist, the host yeah. um, near Roland, he would go into a fit. On five different occasions, when the particle was placed in his mouth, he would spit it onto the corporal cloth. And two hours of failed attempts oh, had gone gosh. by. So they decided to pray the rosary, and after completed, after it was completed, Roland was able to swallow and uh, complete his first communion. Wow. Do you know why they chose to convert him to Catholic? Because that's, I mean, that's what all the priests are. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, that's that's the religion that's associated with exorcism, like exorcists gotcha. are okay. Catholic, so okay. that's what I would assume. Yeah. It seemed that the sacrament stirred up the devil in him. So when he went through these brief intervals of consciousness, um, he the priest would come and help, but there was no response to pers- the parasipos, which are like the commands that they yell at him oh, okay. in Latin. He got a brief break, just enough time to enjoy a bowl of ice cream. Aww. But... That time came to an end, and he ended up ripping out four pages from the exorcism formula book. He ripped it? Yeah. Okay. Like, he was, like, up and down the stairs, like, because he was, he was normal for most of the because he was at home now. Sorry. Right. Um, and he was wanting to come downstairs and hang out with everybody, but they're like, no, go to your room because you're not acting right today, and you're going to end up doing something really bad. And whenever they finally sent him back to his room, he got pissed and he ended up tearing some pages out of an exorcism book. Do you think it was him or? or... Oh, absolutely not. No, no, because he was really good in between. But he I think he also tried to grab a crucifix, but one of the priests grabbed it before he was able to. So poor baby. I know. Uh, then, during another spell that night, they attempted to throw more parasippos at Roland, and his responses were, stick it up your ass, or no. Or just a mocking laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> no, the hell I will not. <laughs> Eventually, the word go, again, was printed onto him, just like in the first exorcism. Then three scratches on his right thigh and an X. So, day 19. Today, things seemed to get worse. Like the day prior, he was in and out. That that afternoon, while playing a game of ball with his father, two uncles, and cousin, he tried to throw, they were like playing ball outside, he tried to throw the ball to his father. I would not play ball with him. Not at this point in his life. (laughs) He tried to throw the ball to his brother, but he kind of lost his balance and started stumbling. And his father ran to go help him. And Roland ended up taking or making a run for it and ran across two of the neighbor's lawns with his eyes shut. So he was going into another spell. Oh, my gosh. It took three men to get him and carry him home. And when he was brought inside, he ended up being able to lift the kitchen table with his legs, which big deal. I moved the couch with my legs the I other know, day, buddy. Too. <laughs> I know, me too. I have to lean up against the wall and yeah, sit on the floor and push leverage, it with my legs. Yeah. I do the same thing. <laughs> um, his appetite was very little. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what is that, like 100 pounds? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> weird flex but all right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh 
who are you trying to impress? <laughs> um, not long after Fathers Bowder and Fan Rue, Bishop and O'Flattery arrived just in time for another spell to begin where Roland grabbed his aunt. Aunt. Why do I keep on saying aunt? I think you it's because I'm aunt. reading it. It's okay. Um, when Roland begra- grabbed his aunt and almost tore her dress. He was brought upstairs where they begin exercising. <laughs> I don't know. Exercise. And they begin the another exorcism. Exercising. Is that a word? Oh, I thought you meant like no. aerobics. No, not like legit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering. Like, is it called exercising? Exercise. When you're performing it? Ex- yeah. yeah. Exerciseming? I don't know. I, no, it'd be. <laughs> I would think it's exercising. Yeah. But- removal of a demon sure yes yes it's like exercising your rights for something so yeah, yeah. okay so roland was not obviously was not responding to the parasipos again uh one new symptom of his possession was a devilish prophecy concerning his younger cousin singing and shouting you will die tonight you will die tonight to his cousin yeah um, once Roland finally fell asleep, the priest left, but he woke up again and it became necessary to actually bind his arms with tape and put gloves on his hands. And he complained about them hurting and not feeling good. So they removed them. And of course, as soon as they removed him, he became violent again. So, oh my God, I know it's just exhausting. I'm, I'm not even there. Yeah. I'm exhausted. It's like, is this over yet? <laughs> not like that. But. Uh, day 20. Arrangements. Day 20. I know. And this is, this, day, you say day 20, but this is just day 20 of the priest dealing with it. Yeah, like it was, everything was going on beforehand Before, too. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. So arrangements were made for the family to return home. His dad had missed a lot of work. They had to start yeah. returning back to normal life. Um, or as normal as they could. <laughs> They're going to be that family down the road with a screaming child yelling, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so father. Stop looking at my kid like that. <laughs> I knew that's what I was hearing. <laughs> okay, sorry. Side note. Do you see those posts on Facebook? Because I posted it before. We're like, it's springtime and I'm, we have the windows open. So if you hear me screaming to my child that they are awful or or whatever just ignore it <laughs> like i'm just telling my kid to clean up her clothes oh my god and that's so true here because every because we don't have air conditioning so the best way to keep your house cool is keep your windows open just ignore it it's just me yelling at my kid to clean up the room that's, that's what me and leia have to tell each other all the time she's like did you hear me screaming at the kids and i'm like no <laughs> well if i'm outside sometimes i do but no usually i don't Thank God. Yeah. Same. Same. I'm like, somebody's going to call someone. (laughs) My neighbors next door, I know, have heard me multiple times with multiple fights with Rick because we'll be outside bickering. And I'm just like, oh my God, they've heard it all. They should be our therapists at this point. (laughs) Sorry. Amy, you were in the wrong. (laughs) Now apologize. Let's talk about this. Talk. How does this make you feel? Terrible. Move away, please. Oh, uh, so they were gonna go back home, and Fathers Bowder and Van Ru- and Van Rue actually agreed to assist the family on their trip back home and actually like stay with them until 
Roland was back to normal. And they had to take a train trip, which lasted, like, more than a day. So it's just, yeah. Like, he had, apparently he had some minor spells, but I'm guessing it wasn't mentioned in here because he wasn't there. So I I don't know. Um, okay. But it made it sound like he did have some in and outs on the train. Nothing crazy to mention, though. Thankfully. Yeah. Day 24, at this point, uh, the priest didn't feel comfortable with Roland, Roland staying at home due to lack of space and due to lack of space or just not wanting the burden. Uh, many places actually didn't didn't want to take him. Father Bowdern finally was able to get approval from the previous place that he was treated at, the yeah. Alexian Brothers Medical Center. Um, and the brothers were extremely helpful because there's brothers there i learned this later and i'm like who's this brother and i'm like oh wait duh they own the medical center probably you'll see okay um during the day roland was pretty normal uh even up for cutting the grass like they would have him do chores around the hospital the and it's probably good because it kept him busy yeah he was probably super bored there well and it gives some purpose yeah yeah uh it's and he's 14 like Kids got to get out to energy. Yeah. The evening, however, consisted of spells that lasted for like five hours. Oh While the exorcism was taking place, Roland was awake during the Parasippo. At least 20 brands formed on his body, many appearing at the name of Jesus during the Hail Mary. The first mark was a number four, which apparently has, which has been seen before at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't know if those have any kind of significant meaning. It doesn't say they do. Uh, this sev- then several single, double, and triple line strokes were made onto him. Most of these marks occurred under his clothes, so like you know he's not doing right. it, or just under the sheet that was covering him. And other things that happened uh, were him spitting, singing. Uh, Ave, yes, sing more singing. He sang Ave Maria and he would filthy talk and scratching hell in Christ onto his own body. Oh my god, yeah, so he was doing some scratching. The remainder of his time here was pretty much remained the same. On April 10th, Roland was calm and even on April 10th, Roland was calm and was even able to receive communion that day without any effort. So exhausted, he was so exhausted, and from all the days prior, yeah. he went into a deep sleep, and nothing happened for the remainder of that night. Wow! So he got like a night. Yeah, he got a little bit of a break for yeah. a, a day or so. Uh, day twenty-eight, brother Emmett. Again, I'm assuming one of the guys who owns the hospital. Uh, is that different than father? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's there's why no I... brother in Catholic. I don't think so. I, I have no idea. I'm not Catholic. There's like Monsignor, Father. I don't think so. Brother Ren or brother? There's like sister. Yeah, sister. Yeah. yeah. There's, I don't think. I, I, maybe it's like a. Like or maybe, a, maybe, it, maybe it is a. Um, it's like a sister, but. What yeah. are they called? Gosh darn it. Oh man, I should know this. I'm Catholic. This oh is really gosh. embarrassing for you. It is really embarrassing for me. Well, you were married into it. Yeah. I've been to church in a while. You kind of suck. 
All right. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, that's what it means. Okay. Thank you, Bree. <laughs> So Brother Emmett kept Roland occupied with manual work around the hospital. After, and that usually kept him in high spirits. Yeah. After the priests arrived that night, they brought some things for Roland to read and study for his uh, Catholicism. He went to bed around nine. He was pretty normal. And they assumed it would remain a peaceful night. But they were obviously wrong. Because you shouldn't make you shouldn't make assumptions when Never. it comes to uh, exorcisms or demons or demons. Don't make assumptions when it comes to demons, guys. <laughs> While reciting the rosary, Roland felt a stinging on his chest and started, which started out as a red splotch. So they continued because it didn't look like anything, right. and it turned out to be the word "exit" with an arrow pointing towards his penis. Oh. Uh, the word exit appeared three different times on his body, all while he was having terrible burning pain in his kidneys and penis. I don't like saying that word. They, <laughs> I feel weird saying that. <laughs> okay, so um, they attempted to give Holy Communion, but Satan would have no part in it. The word hell was printed on his chest and thigh. Then throughout the evening, scratches appeared all over his body. Um, when Roland was given the host, the devil said he would not allow Roland to take it for like communion. Right. And they eventually gave up after four to five, four or five attempts since this seemed to be bringing it out more than normal. The following days were typical and the devil seemed to be really challenging everyone. There was a lot of mocking towards the priest in response of to the parasippos and even some toying with Roland's emotions like telling them Roland would be awoken uh, in a pleasant mood or the next spell would consist of irritability and complaining and he would it would always turn out that he would always be in some kind of mood. That poor boy. I know. Day 30. This Day morning, 30. <laughs> this morning, Roland received Holy Communion with no issues. And was taken to the chapel where he would visit the Stations of the Cross because it's close to Easter. Okay. So by the 14th, the, which is the last station, Roland went into a spell. I'm surprised that he lasted that long because you have to like kneel at every single one of them. Right. Um, but by the last station, he went into a spell and had to be carried out into the car and it lasted for about 20 minutes. That evening, before any prayers even began, Roland went into a violent spell. He spoke and said that God had commanded him to leave at 11 o'clock tonight, but he wouldn't leave without struggle. Again, the devil mocked the priest, answering their commands in pig Latin, imitating them and saying inappropriate things. A new note on this evening was Roland shouting, fire and imitating the sound of a large bell at 11 o'clock at night. So whenever he imitated the sound, they're like, okay, it's over because it said it was going to leave by 11. So they thought it was finished. We we thought that last time. Yeah, but but then the devil deceived them again, and their attempts were unsuccessful. So April 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th, which were Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, all just before Easter, there were no disturbances. So he laid laid low those days. Day 34, Easter Jesus Sunday, right? He's going to be resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> Day 34, Easter Sunday. The priests were determined to have Roland in church this morning. 
It started off with some unsuccessful attempts to give Holy Communion until the fourth and final attempt. Are you wearing an extra ring today? Uh, Yeah, I left it in my car and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to forget to bring that inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it started off with some uns- blah, 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 some unsuccessful attempts to give him Holy Communion until the fourth and final attempt. Roland jumped out of bed that morning and messed with one of the nurses grabbing her book and her office book and took one of the priest's habits, then jumped and spit on it like a like a dance. Yeah. He said he would not allow Roland to attend mass today, so he didn't go. And later that evening, he experienced another violent spell where he asked for a knife and threatened to kill those around him. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to be in there. Um, so day 35. I'm going to break this whole day up in time. Okay. By times. Okay. So Roland awoke in a spell, kicking at, at the brother at the bedside. He jumped out of bed, seized, seized the holy water bottle. Water bottle? Yeah threatened to throw it at the brothers then sprinkled water toward them finally he threw the bottle over their head smashing it against the ceiling oh my gosh eight fifth which is weird because they say that the demons can't touch like holy relics or holy things so it must be like a strong a strong demon very much so it's been there for that long (laughs) so a 15 uh just 15 minutes later father Widman attempted to give Roland Holy Communion. It was impossible. He was spitting and unable to even make a spiritual communion. So, like, uneven, unable to even, like, not take the Holy Eucharist and everything. Okay. So, eventually he did make one spiritual communion. The devil then seized him and said that one devil was out and that Roland had to make nine communions and this was like sacramental or spiritual. So you can get either way. And then he would he would leave his body. Roland continued for an hour unable to make another spiritual communion or receive the sacrament. Oh my God. 10 a.m. There were more spells when attempting spiritual communion. Roland was able to say, I wish to receive you. That is... And that is all the priest would attempt him to say since it was sufficient. And the devil laughed and said, this isn't enough. He has to say one more word, one little word. I mean, one big word. He'll never say it. I think they mean Jesus. I I wish to receive you, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, And it said, he must make nine communions. He'll never say that word. I'm always in him. I may not have much power, but I am in him. He will never say that word. What? Then more, because the devil wasn't letting him finish what he was supposed to say. They're no, basically. I'm just saying that uh, you're saying that the the demon was saying coming out of Roland and saying that basically that he won't say it. Yeah, he's not going to allow Roland or, to no, say no, finish. No, because I don't have enough. I don't have much power. Yes, I I may not have much power always, but I'm in him. Okay. Sorry. Always. Uh, he will never say that word. Then more violence and singing and peeing happened. Wow. Uh, 11.30, Roland said he was hungry and he wanted a bath. 
So they put it off until noon. Then they gave him cake and ice cream and milk. Like, okay, lunch. All right. That sounds like a tummy that sounds, ache. That sounds awesome. It does. It sounds like a <laughs> Yeah. He threw the glass against the wall, scattering broken glass everywhere. And violence was intermittent until about 1.30 p.m. Roland was very discouraged and and disgusted and mean. In the afternoon, sorry, some of this is hard to read because I literally, this last section was really important, so I literally, like, copied and pasted most of it. So, oh, okay. So, in the afternoon, for the brothers brought Roland a serving of chipped beef and arranged Roland's tray on a little table in his room. Roland picked up the plate, ran over to the window, and held the plate in almost like a perpendicular manner in his palm, like threatening to throw it out the window if they stepped closer to him. Like, oh. okay, you want to throw away your lunch? That's fine. Yeah. Big deal. One of the brothers crawled under the bed to catch Roland at his feet, and the other circled the bed to restrain Roland's arm, arms, but the plate was fired mightily against the opposite wall, and no one was hurt, but the plate was broken to bits. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing he's is where he is, though, because there's a lot of other people who are like that there. Not, like, possessed, but <laughs> probably mentally ill. Yeah. He just probably looks like a mentally ill patient. Yeah. Um, on the trip to the hospital this evening, the fathers who were going to see Roland had decided that in the Parasippo, Father Bowdern would ask for responses in English. I'm not sure why. Uh, they also decided to make Roland wear medals, which I had to look up. They're like prayers of exorcism. They're like literally like chains and medals okay. with like saints on them. Yeah. And they would make him wear medals around his neck um, no matter how much he fought against it. So they're coming in strong today. Yeah. Father Bowdern, they all arrived and Father Bowdern read the right of exorcism quietly he blessed roland with the signs of the cross and repeated the expressions perfectly and asked and and roland repeated their expressions perfectly and even asked the meaning of everything so he was obviously interested in this stuff whenever he wasn't devil roland several times later he repeated even the latin versions um the signs of the cross were seemed to be very effective Roland fought hard when the crucifix was forced into his hand. In one instance, Roland even threw the crucifix out of his hand. Wow. In between spells, they would teach Roland different prayers and songs, having him recite them. At one point, Roland went into a spell while he held the book on his knees, and immediately the book was thrown into the corner of the room. Roland was more cooperative this night, more than he'd ever been before. Uh -huh. He's tired of it. He felt that he had to pray whenever he was in between these phases. Wow. And he asked whether he could make spiritual communions on his own. And he wondered if whether through his prayers he himself could bring on spells at different times. I'm not really. Sounds like he's really like. Yeah, trying to get it to go yeah. away. He started to see more light each time he went into a spell, and Roland complained. Roland did complain several times that the metals that were on his neck were getting hot, but and he asked if they could be removed, but they refused. Yeah, as they said, they would do it no matter. They wouldn't do it no matter what. That's interesting that they would get hot. Uh, Father Bowdern forced a small crucifix into Roland's hand when he went into a spell during. 
During all this, sorry, this is kind of like everywhere, but yeah. this is literally what they wrote down. During all the seizures, Father Bowdern continued the parasipo and asked him to respond in English. This procedure was a change from the regular routine, and the commands up to this point were in Latin, but okay. he said he was going to do them in English. So, in one instance, Roland was in a seizure but laid calm. In clear commanding tones, a voice broke into prayers. The following, the following is an accurate, accurate quotation. Okay. Satan, Satan, I am Saint Michael, and I command you, Satan, and other evil spirits to leave the body in the name of Dominus immediately. Now, now, now. Then there was the most violent contortions the, throughout the entire period of this exorcism. Father O'Flattery and the brothers were very worried and... Let me go back. Okay. Uh, then there were the most violent contortions in the entire in this entire period of the exorcism, and after seven or eight minutes of Roland doing this, he was relieved and said, "He's gone." <gasps> Immediately, Roland came back to normal and he said he felt fine. Roland now explained what he saw. He said there was a brilliant white light and a. In that light stood a very beautiful man with flowing wavy hair and wore a white robe. And he only saw like the upper half of the body of this man. That which. Yeah. Uh, in his right hand, he held up a wavy fiery sword in front of him. With his left hand, he pointed down to a pit or a cave, which he described as seeing before. Right. And Roland said he saw the devil standing in the cave roland felt the heat from the cave and saw the flames first the devil fought resisting the angel and laughing diabolically then the angel smiled at roland and spoke but he heard only the word dominus at as the angel spoke the devil and about 10 of his little helpers ran back into the fiery cave or pit after the devil disappeared the word spite appeared on the bars of the cave as the devils disappeared into the pit, Roland felt a pulling from his stomach. As the devils disappeared, he felt a snapping. Also, as the devils disappeared, he felt a snapping and then felt relaxed completely. He said that this was the most relaxed feeling that he's had since January. Wow. After midnight, Roland fled another rosary and fathers, the fathers and the brothers responded and did it with him. He was completely peaceful. That morning, he was able to actually attend his first mass with no difficulty. Wow. So follow-up. There were actually two follow-ups, but the second one didn't give any information. But okay. it was like in the 70s. Okay. So first follow-up was August 19, 1951. Roland, now 16, with his parents, visited the brothers they said he turned out to be a fine young man. His parents also became Catholic and received their first communion on Christmas Day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and like I said, the second there was another one that was in the seventies, and it said like blank 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 is now residing in blank blank blank. His number is blank blank blank, which is unlisted. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, why are you getting all this information? Yeah. But he's doing good. So as of who he became, because that's always interesting. Yeah. So being the inspiration to one of the scariest blockbuster movies has its downside. Oh, I'm sure. Roland lived a very private life. 
only to have his real identity released to the public after his death in 2021, just before his 86th birthday. Wow. He became a NASA engineer what? who patented a special technology to make space shuttle panels resistant to extreme heat and helping the Apollo missions that put U.S. astronauts on the moon. No way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He was known as Roland Doe or Robbie Manaheim. He lived in fear of people discovering this dark past. Like, he was constantly on the edge, worried about his colleagues finding out. That's so it's, sad. It, it so is. Um, he was always, uh, every, like, Halloween, he would leave his, whoever said all this, she had said that every Halloween, he would actually, like, leave his house because he would afraid that, he was afraid that people would find out and come and, like, harass him. Yeah. But. I know I know it's so sad someone so like gifted that has to go in hiding like that like you shouldn't be afraid but But I get it okay but putting everything that just like that happened to him in that one year because it was one year right no it's only like two months yeah yeah okay yeah that one time and being able to be so successful yeah wow yeah like not letting that what? Why is there only one light on your mic? <gasps> oh my god, I hope this sounds okay. Why did it go down? I guess we'll Put, see. Putting that all aside, like, and not having that past define you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. He, I think he's, he was pretty cool, but yeah. that sucks that he had to. He can't, he overcame a lot. Yeah. So that was a story on Roland Edward Hunkler, <sighs> aka the inspiration for The Exorcist, and that was the diary of Father Bishop. Wow, that was so good. Thanks. That was yeah. It was a fun one. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure it's it, it felt really cool finding. Well, it was so like I at first I thought it was super hard because I couldn't find anything that seemed accurate or seemed like it was just like a steady thing until I was like, wow, look at this. It's one of the guy's diaries who actually like performed some of the exorcisms. That's really cool. I was like, hopefully this is true. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> it seems like it, it is. All it matches up. Detailed. Yeah. A lot it of it matches. There's so many so much more in it. Oh, yeah. If you guys want to find out more about that, well you could look in our sources yeah. whenever I post it. Um but you could just look up Father Bishop's diary for Roland Edward Hunkler. So wow. It's pretty interesting stuff. It's 29 pages, so I, I cut out a lot of pages. <laughs> I did like maybe 20. <laughs> kind of a lot. I cut out like 9 or 10 pages. <laughs> no, that was that was a lot. You did good. That was really good. Cool. Awesome. I think that's one of my new favorites, too. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Do you want to uh, hear a neighborhood story? I guess. You betcha, buddy. All right. Alert. Do not. I repeat. Or I should say, it says, I repeated. Do not. (laughs) Make a chicken quesadilla with raw chicken. Noted. Cook the chicken first. Yes. Unless I did something wrong, the chicken will not cook inside the quesadilla. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's common sense, bro. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, 
Somebody got sick. <laughs> Why is it so chewy? <laughs> Check out oh my gosh! No, man, it won't. Like, so... <laughs> Duh! Oh, uh, why would you put that on the next door app? Like that's a problem in the neighborhood. He's like worried for other people. Yeah. Other people must know. And nobody knows this. This is not common knowledge. This is not common knowledge. <laughs> oh, that's great. I am not the greatest cook, but I will say I know to cook yeah, chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> That was short and sweet. I have common sense. I, not, you know. I don't have the most common my sense. My old boss, Tammy. Oh, I love her. She still checks in on us every once in a while. But and she was like Rick's aunt growing up. But, um, she always said one person's common sense is always not the next person's. Right. That's true. That's very true. She often we, we would talk about that when it came to patients, but. Yep, that is true. Common sense to fill this out. She'd be like, "One person's common sense isn't the next." Anyways, so we're gonna leave. We got um, Cinderella outside waiting for us. Yeah, she's gonna be late to the ball. Yeah. Uh, To listen, you can find us on all the. To listen, you can find us on all podcast streaming platforms, on iTunes and Spotify. You can, well, Spotify, you can rate us on iTunes. You can review and rate us, which we really appreciate reviews. We'll even give you a shout out if you review us. (laughs) Only if it's nice. Um, Also, follow and like us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. And that's just at WWTN Podcast. We also have a Facebook group. We're super active on it join it it's just what's with the neighbors and our website is uh what's with the neighbors.com on here you can find links to everything that we just mentioned along with a link to our merch 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 and right now she's wearing it right now and our patreon is uh you can also find the link to our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash forward slash WWTN podcast and there's two different tiers five dollar tier you can um uh five dollar tier you get exclusive content and uh unedited episodes and our three dollar tier is exclusive content that you can get so get on that donor bus and feel free to slide into our dms with Mm -hmm. any questions comments story suggestions and your personal paranormal or true crime stories we strive once a month to have listener story episodes our email is wwtnpodcast at gm gm.com <laughs> gmail.com and have you checked in on the neighbors what's with the neighbors bring, bring amy out, out. <laughs> every week we suck at this yeah yeah okay what's with the neighbors say hi to your cat for me Bye. Bye, everyone. We love you. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom.